Welcome to Bay Books Podcast. I'm April Berry. And I'm Daisy Ray. This is the podcast where new authors bear all for their readers. Together, we're going to be finding our next favourite author. Fantastic. Hello, and welcome to Bay Books Podcast. I cannot believe that we are already at our eighth author, our final author of season one. It's amazing. Although, I have to warn you now, this is the first time this entire season that April and I are being drawn on opposite sides. So this is our first opportunity to play good cop, bad cop. And I am sorry to say that I am bad cop on this occasion. And I just think you're wrong. (laughs) I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, absolutely the case. Yeah, the book we're reviewing is a book called Poptastic and it's written by Victoria Holmes. And it's a brilliant book. It's all about bridesmaiding, which is a tedious business at the best of times. Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant, Mm. yes. Uh, but as Julie discovers, the task is particularly cumbersome when one of the brides is your ex and her fiancé won't stop sulking about it. As the wedding threatens to dominate everything for the rest of the year, a bewildering embrace with a devastatingly attractive pop star offers a welcome distraction. I would actually say a train wreck there, but never mind. Dating Chrisha catapults Julia away from the paltry concerns of dress fittings and Hindus, but it also takes her away from her friends and directly leads to a most disastrous yet. Much to her surprise, she discovers that embracing the role she'd accepted so reluctantly might just be exactly what she needs. Now, there is a content warning with the book. Um, It does depict some scenes of abuse, of drugs, alcohol, domestic violence, and attempted suicide. The only bit of of that that's not down to Julia is the attempted suicide. I think it's really... I'm sorry, yeah, but I think it's really good. Interesting to see how we handle our difference of opinion on the book this week. So we will start with our interview with Victoria. Then we will have our individual reviews before we round off with a little bit of a mini debate about the book towards the end. So looking forward to this. So today on Bear Books Podcast, we are talking to Victoria Holmes who is the author of Poptastic, and she has very graciously agreed to join us here. So let's get to know her a little bit better, shall we? So we'd love you, Victoria, to introduce yourself and tell us a little something about you, but in your words. Hey, hello. Thank you for having me. So my name is Victoria. I currently live in Taiwan, where I'm working as a TEFL teacher in in an elementary school. Um, But before that, I lived in London for a long time and where I was a social worker. Uh, Poptastic is my first novel, and I've been working on it for about three about three years, but only really two years more seriously since I moved back out to Asia. Um, and it follows the lives of a group of women in their 20s um, navigating dating in London. So navigate, sorry, navigating dating's not good. I remember it well in my 20s. So, so in terms of, yeah. of this, Victoria, then, what, what actually inspired you to write about this particular subject? I think for me and from my perspective at the time, then it felt like a very formative period, more so than, than my teenage years. Those I spent the, between the ages of 25 and 30 in London um, when I was living a lifestyle not exactly like the characters in this book, 
but very similar to the characters in this book. I had a group of lesbian friends who were going through some of the things that were in this story. I graduated in the wake of the last financial recession in 2008. So struggling to getting a foothold on careers, um, living in cities where rent was very expensive, constantly struggling with money and feeling the pressure of like wanting to do very well, wanting to present a certain type of life on social media and also drinking too much, not necessarily like being very good at managing the ups and downs of life, managing disappointment with things that, that I struggled with as a, as a younger adult and that a lot of my friends were struggling with too. So, and I didn't really see represented in literature that much. And I felt that I wanted to write about that, that I felt very drawn to that, to writing about these issues at that kind of stage in life. Okay. And I was, when I was writing, I was older than the characters that I was writing about, but I was still drawn to that, that age. Yeah. It, it kind of struck a bit of a chord in me, sort of the, the, the opening of the book and when you sort of talking about interchangeable girlfriends, <laughs> because that happens a lot, especially on the gay scene. Because I remember when in my 20s, I was, I was living in Blackpool and the gay scene was, I won't use the word dreadful, but it was very interchangeable. I could sort of, you know, relate to that. Um, just not not having like a model, but in a same sex relationship for like the the epitome of like what you should find attractive. Like when I was, I remember it very clearly still being taught as a young girl. Oh, yeah, you know, pick a man that will be like a, a good father. Pick a man that's going to be constantly there for you. That will be a good provider. But the the advice that I was given and the way that I was like gendered as a child is very much like pick a certain type of husband in a way that just doesn't apply to, to picking a same-sex partner or to knowing how to like navigate that or to having like a model of how you want that relationship to look. Yeah, there's, there's no, I don't know, matriarchal or patriarchal thing that's been passed through the generations for picking a same-sex partner at all, is there? There's nothing to draw on. It's like there's no book for that. No, and the relationships that Julia changes, goes through or chooses are vastly different from each other Um, and she kind of goes through a process of honing that and refining that as she matures a bit over the the course of the six months or so that the book's set over. I wonder then if what you find attractive in another person Mm. is any different if it's a man or a woman isn't the initial attraction the same it's it's about a look and an attitude and the way somebody walks or a conversation or would that change whether it was um, a male or a female partner? I think in some ways you've kind of got more freedom in a same-sex relationship maybe that my gay friends have, certainly in terms of like age or in terms of like look, then their kind of form of like a perfect family and like doing everything at the perfect time perfectly and like registering for gifts and getting engaged at the right time and getting married at the right time and having the first child before you're 30 doesn't apply in the same way so my gay friends haven't done the same thing as my straight friends in trying to lock down a man in their early 20s and get a ring on the finger by the time they're 27 and and most of my gay friends don't have children and my straight friends do yeah. Um, so you automatically then just got more more possibility. Just your, the way that your life plays out is, yeah. is different. 
It is different. So all of that said then, who would you see as actually picking up your book? Who Do you have a reader that you've aimed it at? Who do you think your ideal reader would be? I think I was writing for myself at 20. Yeah. A younger, probably lesbian or bisexual or curious, but I've also had like some straight female readers have like contacted me as well. But I was writing for a younger lesbian than the lesbians portrayed in the book who are 26, 27. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of what I had in mind that that would be my target audience, like kind of 18 to 25 year old lesbians or bisexual women. Okay, thank you. Trying to navigate the minefield of of dating or how not to navigate the minefield of dating, whichever way you want to look at it. Yes, yeah. yeah. We're kind of going through similar things things to the characters portrayed in the book yeah just at that at that particular point in life when it hadn't all settled into place yet that was that was where I pitched it I think that can be said though for sort of all well late teens early 20s though Victoria (laughs) Um, I think especially now where there isn't as much pressure for people to get married and have children you know in that order it doesn't really matter any longer whether you have the children or you get married first. I think that, you know, we've kind of moved on a little bit. Well, or have we? I think you know your own social frame of reference, don't you? So my friends aren't necessarily representative of everyone, but there were there were nine of us, nine girls who were friends in school and the other eight are married and they've all got two children apart from one who's only got one child still. So you know, they've all done one thing and that's my particular frame of reference you know the people who are kind of like you in most respects you become further and further away from people who live different lifestyles to you yeah but the older you get you don't really sort of bother about whether the people have got children or anything you you get more just accepting of the person you know and you you kind of tend Mm -hmm. to don't analyze their situation as you get older whereas in my 20s i suppose i did Mm -hmm. so when you're not writing what do you who do you like to read I grew up with Harry Potter and those books are still very formative in my um, experience as a, as a writer and as a reader and I still probably go back to them and do a complete cycle like every two years and I just love them. More recently, like since the book's been in editing and final editing and been published, then um, I've really struggled to get into fiction, although I did recently read Normal People and really enjoyed that. Um, but I've been I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, so I really like Bill Bryson and Malcolm Gladwell and um, and a little, like Elizabeth Gilbert and like some memoir books. That's what I've been reading recently. I haven't recently been reading so much fiction, but I also do really like Donna Tartt. Um, she's somebody that I've gone back to again and again and read read and reread and really enjoyed like some more kind of like classic books. So I, I really like John Steinbeck, and for a long time as a young adult, then. I reread and reread a lot of his books, and a few of those have also been books that um, have been really meaningful to me and that I've really enjoyed. But basically, I've got about 300 books that I just read on repeat, and that's my reading life and schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a rereader myself. I'll leave it a few years, and then all the favourites come back out again. It's, it's just comforting. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not a rereader. Why do you yeah. keep them then? Good question. Curious. Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't it be kinder, maybe? Maybe that's the wrong word. But to pass them on and give somebody else the opportunity to read them. 
I don't know, memory. Charity shop them or something? Maybe it's it's just a, that memory's there and I can look at the mem I can look at the book spine on the, the bookcase and think I've read that and I've read that and I've read that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The process of, of wanting to write, like I've wanted to write a book since I was a, a young teenager. Yeah. Um, and when I started thinking more seriously about how to go about actually making that happen, then rereading books was something that, that taught me a lot that you, if there's a book that resonates with you, then you're trying to locate exactly why and trying to pick out what was what's so special about that book yeah. and what the, the author has done to create that the impact that it had. So I think for me, then yeah, re- rereading is something that, that has helped me finish a book, <laughs> get it to the point where it's out in the, in the public sphere. That's brilliant. What's next for you? Are you going to be writing anything else? What Have you got any projects in the pipeline already? Several in the pipeline, but I think what I need now is a bit of a break. I don't think I'm going to publish another book very soon, but um, I have got some ideas which I'm quite interested in developing and I can do a better job of a second book. So I want to give myself that opportunity, but also right now I don't think is the time then I've just got got some yeah. other things that I need to give time and attention to at the moment you know talking about you know, maybe getting married or talk, and, I, and I can't spend 20 hours a week in the spare room is there a lot of you in Julia oh I you know what so when I initially wrote it then um maybe I felt like there there was and then my mum was one of my first ever readers and she said Julia was really unlikable but yeah, I mean, she's she's living a lifestyle that's that's very familiar to me. Yeah, um, I do get where your mum's coming from. She is, she's. I think she's a kind yeah, of a difficult um, character, to be honest. She got more likable as I drafted and redrafted it. It was a constant needing to put up conflict in the construction and writing of the novel. That mm, yeah was maybe sometimes a little bit too much. That um, I don't know if it was too much. I think from my point of view at least as a reader yeah um I think the fact that Julia isn't instantly likable and Mm. makes stupid Mm. mistakes and does ridiculous things first of all it gives her an edge of realism and secondly Mm -hmm. it stops the book being fluffy so I think Mm -hmm. it worked really well that she's not so likable in the book yeah there are lots of books in the world and they'll tell their own but I think for me it tells my my truth exactly but like a, a truth that was familiar to me yeah that, that it's not a heroic age <laughs> like people doing like heroic you know really mean like it's uh this is this is her reality this is the life that she's that she's living and I don't think it's a unique experience I think it's something that um that is common for a lot of people yeah and I mean when you when you write a book and you put characters into a book I mean who is going to pick a book up and, and read a book where, you know, the main characters uh, just live a normal everyday mundane life and nothing ever happens. And I think when we do, well, from my perspective, when I read books, the fiction that I read, I like it to be about something that I'm never, ever going to do or it's never, I think, never going to happen to me or I've not experienced that. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. So, Victoria, uh, thanks ever so much for that. Where can we find you? Now that we know you better, where can we find you online, social media, that kind of thing? Uh, on Twitter, it's Potastic Writer. And I'm also on Instagram at 
Victoria underscore homes underscore wonders, where I share mostly pictures from my travels, but also what I've been reading, what I've been doing. Um, I do have a Facebook authors page as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come and talk to us. Thank you for having me. It's been really nice to talk to you both this afternoon. Thanks ever so much. Bye. Poptastic. The title is an enticement and an attraction to open the book. It tracks the time in the life of a 20-something lesbian and her journey to find love and control her life, at which she fails epically. The opening to the book starts with Julia and the world of online dating. And it's come a long way since I dipped my toe in the water. The quality of some of the dates haven't, though. I chuckled to myself about Julia's first date, married, split up with a spouse and came straight to the date from the therapist. It didn't take a genius to see how that went. The book, however, doesn't revolve around dating apps, but rather the wedding of Julia's ex to her girlfriend. A situation bound to cause tension in the most laid-back relationships, especially as Julia has been asked to be a bridesmaid. This book took me back to my 20-something era, and the more I read, the more I could put someone I knew back then into one of the character's shoes how life can change, but somehow it doesn't. A big chunk of the book is taken up with Julia's sexual involvement with Krisha, who she met in a nightclub, supporting Lucy through her nightmare of a relationship that nearly ended so tragically. The book also deals with the ebb and flow of friendships and how events and circumstances can so dramatically change the course of a person's life. As well as the tragic parts, and there are a few, as you realise just how much of a train wreck Julia's life could become. But it's also very funny, a romantic comedy that's easy to follow, heartwarming and frustrating in equal measures. The book had for me a bit of a moral in the story, like, be careful who you run over to get what you want or feel you deserve, because people will only be stamped on so many times. The grass actually isn't greener on the other side of the fence, in Chris's case, And to quote an urban dictionary, you're actually not all that and a bag of chips. My opinion, obviously. It's good, easy reading holiday material, which I enjoyed. I would say it won't take up much space in your suitcase, but there's not a lot of need for those at the moment. Slightly predictable ending, but who wants to read a book about heartbreak at the end? We all like to know the main character got their girl. This is my personal review of Poptastic by Victoria Holmes. This book is about a group of friends, the main character being Julia, an unlikable woman wandering through life like the Wildos are living. Her ex is getting married and wants her to be a bridesmaid. And basically this book is about her sulking through the process and not seeing what is happening in the world around her, oblivious to anyone's feelings but her own. And even they are really just inane wonderings of her uninspiring job and worrying about her love life. So let's start with some positives. It's not badly written and I do like that the group of friends are all realistic, warts and all. There is no gold standard friend character that all authors strive for. So these friends are written really well. I can see that these could be real people. Not like movie star written unrealistic characters we love in the movies, but people we could meet in the local cafe, living an everyday life. I liked that aspect. I also like that Julia is written as an unlikable type. That's both realistic and relatable. 
We all have that one friend that needs an occasional kick up the arse, right? On the not-so-positive side, I found this book to be a bit shallow. If I'm reading fiction, I like it to be a little bit larger than life. Push those limits, step outside the ordinary a little. Give me a reason to continue reading. Engage me, make me feel. Smack me in the emotions if you like. Make me cry, hold my breath or intrigue me. I'm sorry to say that this book did none of that. This is not really my cup of tea, but in the author's defence, I am not the book's intended demographic, so is that really any great surprise? It may well appeal to the much younger audience it was intended for, so feel free to let us know if you are a fan. We are all over social media, or you can send us an email at contactus at baybooks.co.uk. So then, Daisy, what did you think of Poptastic? Oh, you're going to start with Bad Cop, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not going to start with Bad Cop. I mean, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really good. Funny? I just, funny yeah, way. It was, it, was, it was hilarious. I mean, come on, Julia was a complete train wreck. She was, yeah, absolutely. She, she was. was. She sulked all the way through the book, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I don't think she sulked. She was desperately trying to find something that was right smack bang in front of her. And she just spent all the time running around London, you know, doing idiotic things. I mean, that dating app at first, you know, just put it down, Julia, and and just concentrate on real life people. That's why I found it funny, because it was, it was really funny. Just watching a lurch from one, I suppose, catastrophe and disaster to another. But she was Um, so insular. She didn't see other people at all didn't see anybody else's needs what anybody else was thinking or feeling she was just the most self-centered sulky whiny individual wow you didn't like her then no i suppose it's testament to the writer then that i didn't like her because at least i was involved there you go you see i mean i'm not the demographic that the book was aimed at i mean i left my 20 somethings way way back in the past but i could really relate to some of the things that she was going through and some of the disasters. I mean, I've had some real disasters in my life. Spoiler alert, even when they eventually hooked up, well, more than hooked up and decided to make a decision to sort things out and have a life, it was still Kit's doing, really. It still wasn't Julia that sorted it. Well, she wasn't wasn't capable of sorting a shopping list, never mind sorting a life out. I don't see the attraction. What did Kit see in her? I don't know, really. I mean... Who knows, you know, what does somebody see in anybody, really? Sometimes, you know, I sometimes look at people and think, oh, my crikey, you know. <laughs> I do. It's that being, you know. Well, they do say there's someone for everyone. Yeah, so there you go, you see. So Julia found her someone in Kit eventually. It's a good read, really. I didn't find it nearly engaging enough, I'm sorry to say. I mean, Julia's character was dislikable, which made it vaguely interesting to read for me, but... I think because it's not my demographic, because I outgrew it like 30 years ago, it was, I don't know, it just did not engage me. Absolutely sure you read the right book? Absolutely positive. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I don't think you have. I think you've read the wrong book. No, no definitely read the right one. Poptastic, right? That's the one, yeah. Yep. You just and Even when she copped off with that Krishna bird, it was Krisha. like... No, you're just making things up now. (laughs) 
all she was interested in really was her mates seeing it. Were, were her mates taking some pictures of her while she was talking to this Krisha at the bar? She wasn't interested in the woman. She was, oh, it's a celeb. This is going to be a feather in my cap. She had no interest in her whatsoever. It's a book. I know. As I said in my review, you know, it kind of sort of goes back to that think whose heads you stomp on in your rush to get what you think you so rightfully deserve. Yeah. Don't you think that Julia was a bit entitled, really? You know, like when you're a kid and you think the world owes you a living until you grow up and learn the realities of life. Well, that was Julia for me. That's how she behaved, like the world owed her a living, like she was supposed to have a decent relationship and she was supposed to have a more inspiring job. And why wasn't somebody else giving that to her? Yeah, I'll I'll kind of agree with you on that one. She was just hurling herself headlong into situations that anybody with half an ounce of sense would have run in the opposite direction from, but not her. Yeah, I don't see at all where you see humour in this book. I don't think it's funny. I don't, I don't know where the humour is. It completely passed me by. Like I say, you've read the wrong book. <laughs> I've not read the wrong book. I just, there's just no humour in it for me. It see, I just... think the situations are quite funny and that's where the humour is. So perhaps the humour's not in the, in the writing. <laughs> Somebody I knew, I could sit into the shoes of all those characters. So I suppose, yeah, I you could put me in the character of Julia. I will agree with you, it is not for us, it's not for our demographic. But the demographic that it's aimed at, I think it's a good read for them. It's a very niche demographic though, don't you think? 18 to 25-year-old lesbians, I think she said. Yes, she did. Um, It's a very narrow market, but I think she is correct in what she said. I think they are the people, potentially, that this would appeal to if it appealed to anybody. I am very, very surprised that you found it humorous when I didn't see any humour in it. So we have read, essentially, two different books then. Possibly. Like I say, I'm still sticking with it. I liked it. Okay. So we will let our listeners decide what they think. Feel free to let us know if you agree with either myself or April. But me mostly. (laughs) But I'm always right. Sorry, what? I'm always right. Yes, dear. Isn't that how it goes? Something like that, yeah. So then, Daisy, I'm looking forward to next week's episode. (laughs) Yes, so am I. It's going to be a bit of a one, isn't it? Being the potty mouths that we are occasionally. Yeah, we've got no author next week. What we do have for you is a podcast of outtakes. And we've made lots of mistakes this last eight weeks. Well, you have. Yeah, my halo's slipping a little bit. <laughs> I yeah, don't think yeah, it's not quite yeah. all yours, but yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. So that's next week's. And also in next week's episode, we're also going to tell you what's going to happen with our season finale. Yes, so excited about the finale for this first season. I could spit. It's going to be amazing. We will give you a. Oi, oi. What? You, you can't spit. They can't see me. It doesn't matter. You can't I'm not even going to make the sounds of spitting. I'll do it very quietly. I'm such a lady. Okay. Fight my way out of a paper bag. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, but never mind. Jump off a doll's house. (laughs) Well, perhaps you could. Could you get on top of a doll's house your height? Rude. Anywho, as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, on the season finale, we will give you a full rundown of every single book we have reviewed, loved or not loved this entire season. 
we will tell you what our favourites are. I'm still just gagging to know whether our favourites are the same book or not the same book. I'm going to guess not because we did have quite a few differences of opinion along the way. A lot of differences of opinion, but like I say, I'm always right. Yeah, but the full season finale winner will be completely and utterly down to you. It will be based on downloads and we will give you full details of how that will happen on the outtakes show. So make sure you're tuned in for that. Right, so we will uh, we'll see you all next week. See you next week. Bye, guys. If you want to be involved and read the books along with us, use us like a book club, share your views and opinions, send either an audio clip in an MP3 format or an email or both, because the audio clip will have to be attached to an email, to contact us at barebooks.co.uk. If, on the other hand, you happen to be an author that has just finished your latest masterpiece and want that reviewed on a future episode of Bear Books Podcast, then send it to us via email at submissions at bearbooks.co.uk. And now that you've found us, why don't you subscribe? You'll find the podcast in all the usual places where you find all your podcasts. Share, share, share. Also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All this information will be in the show notes. We are April Berry and Daisy Ray from the Bear Books Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.